Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Monday, June 8th, 2020. First, I wanted to congratulate all of the graduates who would normally be celebrating their graduations around this time. I know that some are being done virtually, while others are being planned for later in the summer in person with varying social distancing protocols. But either way, I hope you are all able to enjoy your graduation and are excited about the next chapter in your lives. A special shout out to my awesome daughter, Mia Fox, who finishes eighth grade this week and is now scheduled to have an in-person graduation. Yes, cap, gown, and mask in July. We are so proud of you. Also, a very happy birthday today to Judith Ottensasser. I hope you have a great day. Today, we have two podcasts with Dr. Caroline Friedman, who is one of the OBGYNs in my practice and is a real rising star in our field. In the first podcast, Sweet Caroline, we discuss her transition from residency to private practice and the added value that quote-unquote younger doctors bring to women's health. In the second podcast, Caroline and I discuss long-acting reversible contraception, or LARC. This includes IUDs and hormonal implants, both of which might be less well-known to many of our listeners. For anyone interested in these forms of contraception, I think you will find the podcast to be very informative and helpful. On Thursday, you will get a chance to meet another one of my partners, Dr. Sarah Costant, in Do What You Love. Thanks to all of you who have reviewed us on Apple and sent us feedback via email. Please continue to email us questions or podcast ideas. And also, if you have the time to review us on Apple, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Helpful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Today, we're talking with Dr. Caroline Friedman. Caroline, welcome to Helpful Woman. Hi, thank you. Great to have you here. So the question I ask everyone first is, is this your first podcast? Yes, it is. Fantastic. But you listen to podcasts, right? All the time. Excellent. Because Caroline is uh, of the younger generation, unlike myself, and so she's all into the podcast. What do you What do you like to listen to? I listen to a lot of things, but primarily pop culture. It's sort of just a break from reality and what else is going on. Caroline, uh, you are an OBGYN, and you're at Maternal Fetal Medicine Associates, mostly on 90th Street, and you also deliver babies at Mount Sinai. That's right. And how is that going for you? How have you liked switching from Cornell over to Mount Sinai? It's been wonderful and really nice to get into involved in such a wonderful practice group setting. We are private, so we were able to sort of do what we want, how we want without having to go through a whole bureaucracy and, and really work together in a nice group way. It's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Right. It's a really big transition going from training and residency to practice no matter what you're doing. And it's been a while now since you made that transition. Until recently, you were the I guess, most quote unquote junior member of our team. And explain what's that like to go from a situation where you're training and you're busy as a resident, and then suddenly the next day you're, you're an OBGYN in practice uh, seeing patients without that sort of training uh, medal around your neck. Right. So it's definitely a transition, but it, it's really exciting and it's very rewarding and it makes sort of all the years of education and training leading up to it worth it. And all the, you know, potentially scary parts of sort of being on your own and doing being the real doctor, as people might say, it was much easier joining a practice that I'm constantly supported in. And so 
I have the freedom to practice how I see fit and I was very well trained. So I feel very confident and comfortable in many of those aspects, but also always have more experience and more knowledgeable people around to run things by if need be. Yeah, it's always a a tough balance. On the one hand, we tend to think that doctors who are out in practice a longer amount of time or they're older in years uh, have maybe more wisdom or more experience and somehow they know what they're doing. But on the other hand, people who are closer to the years in training have more up-to-date knowledge potentially, or they're learning new procedures or new ways to do procedures, particularly in surgery, that people who have been out a longer time haven't had the opportunity to learn. And it's tough when someone asks, you know, do I want my doctor to be younger or older, so to speak? There isn't really a right answer to that. For some things, maybe you want someone who's closer to training, and some things, maybe you want someone who's further out from their training. Right. And probably the best of both worlds is to have both. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, in our practice, that's always sort of been the balance that we'll have people who are more senior, people more junior, and we really all learn from each other. The people who are more senior, so to speak, love learning from the people who are just, you know, fresh out of training, you know, what's new? How do you do this? How did you guys do this? What's the new way to do this? And on the flip side, you know, like when I was coming out, it's like, I haven't seen this before. I haven't done this before. And that's very typical. I think a lot of patients don't realize that all doctors are always learning. Right. There's no point where you're like, I'm done. I know everything, ready to roll. It's always a process because either you see something you haven't seen before or the knowledge changes. Exactly. And so that's that's definitely a big transition in general. And what about institutionally? Switching from Cornell to Mount Sinai. And obviously we're not going to say anything, you know, disparaging about either place. Uh, they're both wonderful, great institutions, but just in terms of the the difference maybe in cultures between one from the other. Yeah, I mean, ultimately I don't think they are so different from each other. We're talking really, you know, same side of the northern part of Manhattan and only a few blocks away, realistically speaking. I think that Mount Sinai is larger and a little bit busier. And so there's more moving parts. And I think that people really come together from all groups and all different parts of the team to work together, which at the Cornell does too. It's just a little bit of a faster paced, busier environment. And with that comes a lot of hands on deck, a lot of experience, a lot of passion. And it's really nice in that sense. What's fascinating. So I did my fellowship at Cornell So I've been at both places as well. And the most interesting thing to me is Cornell and Mount Sinai geographically are one mile from each other. And they're both on the east side of Manhattan, as you said. And literally, you can see the buildings from the other. If you're on a high floor, you'll see the other building. But what happens in medicine a lot is so many people, they stay where they train. So the Cornell doctors, so many of them trained at Cornell uh, certainly for the residency, some of the medical schools well, and at Mount Sinai the same way. And so there isn't a ton of crossover between the two institutions. And so when I was at Cornell, the people there really didn't know anything about Mount Sinai. They're like, hey, where is that place? I'm like, it's that building. You can see it right over there. And they're like, oh, they have a labor floor. I'm like, yes, there's like 8,000 deliveries a year there. And at Mount Sinai, it's the same thing. They don't really know what goes on at Cornell, even though they're so close yeah, because of that, they just have, there's different cultures, just right. different groups of people who 
stay sort of insular in those places. And when you go from one place to another, it's it's always sort of a culture shock, how the doctors are, how the nurses are, how they interact with each other, just all these different parts are somewhat different from each other, from each institution. It's fascinating. Right. But the nice thing is that when you're in one place, you sort of learn the, you know, quote unquote, Cornell way to do something or the Sinai way to do something. So it's nice to go back and forth and see that there are multiple ways to do the same thing. And there's not necessarily right or better option, but there are different options. And it's good to see the good and bad of both of them. Right. So I did my medical school and residency at Mount Sinai. And then when I went to Cornell for fellowship, it was a tremendous learning experience for me, not just because I was doing a fellowship, but also learning how things are done at a different institution. And just for the same conditions or the same uh, situations, doctors do things slightly differently. It's not crazy difference. I mean, clearly, you know, we all read the same textbooks and we all have the same, you know, literature and whatnot, but just things are done with a different flavor at each place. And to get that experience was very valuable to me. And on the flip side, I would, you know, sometimes ask the residents or the attendings, well, have you considered doing it this way? And they'd be like, well, we never thought of it that way. And it's just the only way I knew from Mount Sinai. And that was always fascinating to me. Absolutely. Now you're here, you're seeing patients, you're doing deliveries. It's been a while now. You're no longer the new kid on the block. You're a senior doctor, as we say, or I guess more senior than you were before. And what is it that you've noticed about being in the same place for you know a couple of years now? Have you started to see the same patients come back over and over and people who you've now developed more close relationships to? How has that been for you? Yeah, it's been great. Actually, just yesterday, I saw a patient for her initial OB visit and I delivered her first baby, one of the first babies I delivered with the practice. And it felt like it was just yesterday. And, and all of a sudden, we're here doing it again. And it was really, really nice to have that continuity, which is also a huge difference from training where you really, as much as you try, you really don't have the continuity because the patient population changes, your roles change so much and so quickly that you can't really develop those relationships. So it's been really rewarding and really nice to see old patients and see, you know, they almost become friends in many ways and to see how the families build and what goes on through their lifetimes is really nice. A residency is sort of like you know, in, in schools, there's two different ways to do it. Either all the students stay in the same classroom and the teachers go from place to place or the teachers stay in the same classroom and the students go from place to place. And it's the same thing with residency that the residents, you know, every month you're in a different, you could be in a different hospital, you could be doing pregnancy or, you know, obstetrics in one month and then gynecology and then cancer and then outpatient. And so, like you said, it's very hard to get to know the patient's certainly over the course of a lifetime, but even over the course of a pregnancy, right. you may be very involved with a patient for a month and then leave and be in a different rotation. And so it's difficult to do that. And there are some jobs, let's say, in obstetrics and gynecology that work that way also, where you just cover you know, a month at a time or a shift at a time, which makes it difficult. One of the nice things about having a, a practice that you're a part of is you really do get that continuity and you get to meet people. Right. And it's always nice when new people join the mix, there's there's that sort of balance between a little bit of excitement, a little bit of nervousness amongst the patients, you know, someone new, which is really great. And she's from a different place and this, and also, do I know her, you know, who is, what she like? And then over time, it just, all that just becomes, uh, it just dissipates. And then everyone just, you're part of the culture and you're part of the people. And I, I had the same thing when I started where right. people are like, oh, who is this guy? I don't know if I want to see him or not. And then over time, you just sort of develop your relationships and your reputation grows and people want to see you and it becomes very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. 
in that sense. Fantastic. And so your time, how would you say your time is balanced between doing obstetrics versus gynecology currently? Currently, I think I probably do about 80% obstetrics and 20% gynecology. It varies from week to week, but but it's the majority of obstetrics at this point. Now that we have the new gynecology office, I'm hoping to kind of even it out a little bit more because I love doing both. And I think it's really important to keep up the knowledge and keep up the skills and also be able to provide those services to the patients. Right. Caroline's referring, of course, to Carnegie Women's Health, uh, which is uh, our, our new office for uh, gynecology care. And I agree, that's pretty typical for starting in practice. If you do both obstetrics and gynecology, usually you start with a heavy obstetrical load because the the pregnant patients, they come in a lot. And so after they meet you and they know you're like, oh, I'm going to see her for my annual GYN visit or if I have a GYN problem. And then you start building up your gynecology patient base and that those numbers tend to balance a little. I don't do gynecology because I do just obstetrics and high risk. But I remember when I started it was, you know, I had an open schedule because no one, I didn't have any people trying to make appointments with me. And we had some pregnant women who had to come two or three times a week. And I was the only one with open slots. So I would see the same people two or three times a week for months. And so that's how I started to meet people. And I was pretty much the only person they saw. And we saw a lot of each other. Uh, But had I a gynecology practice, I imagine these are the people who would have then said, oh, I want to see him for my annual visits and whatnot. Right. It's nice to be able to kind of continue the relationship after the pregnancy ends. That is a nice thing. Well, if you want to see Dr. Friedman, you can make an appointment with her at our 90th Street office at Maternal Fetal Medicine Associates. You can find her running around the labor floor delivering people as well. And also, you could probably find her at some sort of exercise boot camp or running or power lifting or whatever it is. What is it that you do to stay fit? I do run around the Upper East Side a lot. I do a lot of yoga classes, bar classes. Those are the things I like to do. Everything, everything. Yeah, Caroline is uh, one of our machines in terms of uh, exercise output in the office. Definitely, you can, if someone knocks you over when you're in the park and someone ran into you, it, it may just be Dr. Friedman. Well, there's a lot of tough competition in our office, so. It's it's good. We try to, we, we got to stay in shape. We got a lot of things to do. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on Healthful Woman and telling us a little bit about yourself. Of course. I look for forward, yeah, we look forward to having you on for many future podcasts to talk about topics in obstetrics, like gynecology, and women's health. Perfect. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www. Dot healthfulwoman.com. That's H E A L T H F U L W O M A N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only and does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.